Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm glad you've come this morning because it would have been very lonely up here. And uh, Phil just said he'd sat under me many years ago. It just sounds, I just got a quick picture that I was actually crushing him, sat on the top of him. But uh, it's good to be here this morning and uh, it's uh, unusual to hear Lewis not be sure about what Christmas is about, whether his BMX is the most important thing or probably Jesus. Well, I'm here this morning to try and bring some words of hope um, to our hearts this morning and to confirm that it is all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about Jesus and uh, perhaps later on I might earn a little ride on that BMX. Is that okay? If Grandpa has a go on your BMX. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to be in Cambridge. Uh, Christine and myself came down last night and uh, we are looking forward to um, time with Phil and the boys. But it's always a pleasure for us. I mean that. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here and enjoy such wonderful fellowship with you wonderful people here in Cambridge. Now, looking back over a long career in, as a building control officer at the local council up in Yorkshire in Rotherham, there's one particular day that I will never, ever forget. And I want to home straight in on that particular day at work There was about 18 of us, all male as it happens at that particular time. I'm going back many, many years. And there was about 18 of us in a big open plan office. And at that time, uh, I've had to cut back a lot these days, but at that time, Christine would pack me up a nice lunch box with four sandwiches in, perhaps a packet of crisps and perhaps a nice chocolate bar. And I used to like reading wonderful books about the Lord at lunchtime. And that was something I loved to do at lunchtime. In that break time, I would enjoy my sandwiches, but also at the same time, use the time up and read a good book. So I would place the book on my desk. One of the low drawers on my left, I would place my sandwich box and leave it there till lunchtime. And the practice was that as I'm reading this book and delighting myself, I would reach down to the left and pull a sandwich out of my sandwich box. Didn't need to look, I knew where it was and I would just reach out and bring the sandwich up and enjoy it like everybody would. I think it was about the second or third sandwich in, I lifted this sandwich up and suddenly things changed because right in the middle of this sandwich between the two slices of bread someone 
had placed a toy rubber locust. And I opened up the sandwich, and there it was in all its glory, about 10 to 12 centimetres long, with two small sets of legs at the front, two very large legs sticking out at the back, and everything was nicely proportioned, so it was nicely sticking out of all sides of the sandwich. But I didn't realize that until I'd brought it almost up to my mouth. At that point, something happened in me. And this is what happened. I realized that it was a matter of trust. Because as I looked round, all the other eight, 17 or 18 members of staff, as I looked at this sandwich, I'm thinking... Who's done this? Who's put this in my sandwich? I looked at him. I looked at another chap over here. And as I went round, I'm trying to weigh everybody up and think, can I trust him? No, he wouldn't do it. Well, you never know. And I was trying to weigh everybody up. And I want to tell you this morning, it became a matter of trust. Who do I trust in here? Who's done this to me? And that's the title of my message to you this morning. A matter of trust. And trust simply means have confidence or faith in And you know, trust is extremely relevant in all our lives. Every day we are practicing trusting in someone or something or the other. And most things, we do it instinctively to trust in things in everyday life. And again, many years later, I remember an occasion when one of the lads at work Um, We all knew him quite well, and uh, he decided to exercise some trust in a particular way. And this is what he decided. Going back so many years, when you bought a car, it wasn't standard to have a car radio in it. If you wanted a car radio, you had to pay extra or later put the car radio in yourself. And one day this chap in the office decided to book a full day's leave in order to uh, set himself up with a nice car radio in his car. But he decided not to take it to the garage, but to do it himself. And so this young fellow decided to put his trust in his DIY skills. Now we've not got the same level of confidence in him that he had in himself but he booked the day off that day went by the next day came he came back into the office all smiles and we couldn't wait to see how he'd gone on and so we asked him and with a big smile he told us this yeah i've hit the radio nice looks lovely how does it go well it's great he said The only trouble is, I've somehow 
wired it up to the courtesy light. So he said, when I open the door, the radio comes on. When I close the door, it goes off. He put confidence in his do-it-yourself skills. But it failed. That's an example of someone placing their trust in some kind of everyday situation. But you know, there's another situation that can arise in our lives where we feel the need to put our trust in something or perhaps someone. But we really feel deep down inside, I really need to trust. Do you get what I'm saying? And again, one of the chaps, again, uh, later on in my career, um, I remember going into the office early one morning. Just excuse me. Going into the office quite early, about half past seven in the morning, and again, open plan office. And the boss was sat right at the far end. And then I got to my desk and uh, the desks were facing each other and we worked in a group of four. And there was only one other member of staff in, one of the other building control officers. And he was sat on a desk over there and I sat down here at mine. And we were facing each other. In the quietness, something happened. Normally, how we used to, uh, all the fellas uh, taking the mickey out of my faith or something else um, in my life. But on this particular morning, early morning in the quiet, this young fella, he just looked at me and he whispered and he said, Pete, can you just come round here and pull your chair up? So I did. And I'm wondering what on earth is he going to say? And this is what he said to me, and I've never forgotten this. He said, I'd like to talk to you about something that's troubling me. And he said, I know I can talk to you because I can trust you. Because I can trust you. And I've never forgotten that time. Amidst all the joviality and all the mickey taking, that young chap came to a place in his life where he needed to talk to somebody. He needed to trust somebody. And he came to me. That was my privilege. It's wonderful to be here this morning, isn't it? Celebrating Christmas. Celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, who is, according to the Bible, the saviour of the world. But I believe that today is a special time. I believe this time is not... It's a time when it's not just a matter of gifts, parties, time off work, school or college. Nor even just a time to sing some nice carols. Or perhaps doing some good for somebody or to somebody. As wonderful as all these things are, I'd like to suggest to our hearts and our minds this morning, friends... That today as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, it is actually, today, right now, a matter of trust. 
It's a matter of trust, not just celebration and having a good time. But what is that matter of trust? I want to keep things simple this morning. It's a matter of trust in this respect. That God would send his son in the form of baby Jesus. That ultimately one day he would die to pay the price and receive the penalty for all our sin. God loved us that much in this world. He was willing to send his son, as we've already heard, into this world to make a way for every man, woman and child who will put their trust in his son for them to receive forgiveness of sin, a washing and a cleansing that could not come by any other means but through his son, Jesus That's why he is called the saviour of the world. I want to say this morning that we're not talking about a matter of trust here. There is just ordinary, natural trusting in some everyday thing. But we are trusting here. God is asking us today to put our trust in Jesus. He's asking us to put our trust in the one. He's asking us to come today to a place, to be in that place where we feel, where we know, where we acknowledge the need to trust. And there's a big difference. God is looking for every one of us in this place today to be in that place where we know that we need to place our trust in Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world. And I want to say this morning, it might just be that you were in this building, this beautiful church this morning, and thinking, I've never put my trust in Jesus before. I've never accepted him as my Saviour, ever. Well, God wants to speak to you this morning. He wants you to be in that place where you realize perhaps for the first time that you need to trust him for your forgiveness, for your own personal salvation. But I realize this morning that I'm perhaps speaking to the majority of people here, young and older who already are Christians, who have already at some time in the past placed your trust in Jesus Christ. As I was praying about what to bring, I really felt a sense that God was saying to me that there would be someone here, perhaps more than one, and somehow your trust in the Lord Jesus has grown cold, has maybe gone astray a little, It's not as strong as it used to be. I want to tell you God wants to speak to you today again. And he wants to revive and to refresh and to renew your trust in Jesus. So God sent his son 
from heaven to this earth and he was born as baby Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 7 to 8 say this. Jesus gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. I haven't got the time to get too involved with this this morning, except to say that this baby Jesus we celebrate the birth of today, it's as serious as this. He actually died later on to pay the price for our sin. For the time remaining, I just want to help encourage that trust It's a matter of trust this morning. And I want to encourage that trust. And the way I want to do that is to just simply look at the Annunciation. Something known as the Annunciation. That simply means this. The announcement to Mary by the angel Gabriel of the incarnation of Christ. I just want to be very simple this morning. Incarnation is this, the teaching that the second person of the Trinity assumed human form in the person of Jesus Christ and therefore is completely both God and man. I want to comment on four things just briefly. Number one, to help us hopefully To encourage us, hopefully, to place our trust in Jesus. So the angel comes, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to have a baby. Point number one. I see some great significance here in the fact that there is the appearance of the angel Gabriel. I want to suggest to our hearts this morning, very simply, that God has gone to special lengths to make a special announcement to Mary. Luke one twenty eight says this, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. I don't know about you, but if an angel appeared to me, I'd think God wanted to say something special. I would take it that he's gone to some great lengths to talk to me. And this is what happened. Let me for time's sake just read what the Bible tells us about this marvelous announcement by the angel Gabriel to Mary. This is what it says. In the sixth month of Israel's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. This would be me. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. 
The angel said this, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus, which means the Lord saves. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. What an announcement. God sent an angel to make that announcement, that massive announcement to Mary. I want to suggest to our hearts that even today, God speaks clearly through to, to us through Jesus. God has gone to special lengths to speak to you and to me. Through Jesus. One day Jesus in the New Testament was talking to a man with an unusual name, Nicodemus. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about his need of the Savior. His need to be in the kingdom of God. His need for forgiveness of sins. His need to be born again. I want you to just listen to the words of the Bible as I read from the Amplified Version of the Bible. The way the conversation went, these are the words of Jesus to Nicodemus. You see, Jesus is wanting to make sure that Nicodemus understands the importance of trusting him for his salvation. So God has gone to great lengths in sending his only begotten son to preach about the kingdom to teach about the kingdom, to tell of the love of God, to call men to repentance. This is what Jesus said to Nicodemus. No one has gone up into heaven, but there is one who came down from heaven, the Son of Man. Jesus was talking about himself, whose home is in heaven. For God, he said, so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as saviour shall not perish but have eternal life. He goes on to say to Nicodemus, for God did not send the son into the world to judge and condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes, Jesus said, and has decided to trust him, that is, as personal saviour and Lord, is not judged. For that person, there is no judgment. There's no rejection. There's no condemnation. But the one who does not believe... That is the person who has decided to reject him as personal saviour and Lord. is judged already, Jesus said. And that person has been convicted and sentenced because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten Son of God. That is, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, the one who alone can save you, Nicodemus. The second point I want to bring this morning 
is to help us. What helped Mary is the work of the Holy Spirit. He's involved in this process. Luke 1, 34 to 35 says this. This is Mary's answer when the angel made this glorious announcement. Mary asked the angel, it says, but how can this happen? How can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. I want to briefly just bring three challenges. Three areas that would make it difficult for Mary to trust. Do you find it difficult to trust in Jesus? Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe the first time in church. And you're not finding it so easy to trust in Jesus. Mary was the same. Three areas to her trust and her willingness to bear this child, Jesus. First one, she said, how can this happen? How can this happen? She said, I'm a virgin. Me and my partner have had no intimate relationship. This is impossible. How can this happen? I want to just simply say this morning, the Bible gives us the answer. She was going to conceive by the Holy Spirit. The angel put her mind at rest and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the baby born will be holy and be called the Son of God. And right now, the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in that in your life that you maybe feel is impossible. Secondly, Mary must have thought and weighed up quickly, how will this affect my life? What the angel is saying to me. And maybe that's what you are saying this morning. How is this going to affect my life? Remember, jo- uh, Joseph and Mary were engaged. And Mary's been told by this angel, you're going to have a baby. She said, how can this happen? But also, how's this going to affect my life? When a Jewish couple were engaged, their relationship could be broken only through death or divorce. Mary must have wondered, how's this going to affect my reputation? A young unmarried girl who became pregnant risked disaster at that time. Unless the father of the child agreed to marry her, she would probably remain unmarried for life. If her own father rejected her, she could be forced into begging or prostitution in order to earn a living. She would have to consider the risk of Joseph possibly becoming humiliated. Even deciding to divorce her. And in turn, this would have placed Mary at risk 
of being stoned by the Jewish authorities. Imagine all that going through her mind. I want to say this. The Holy Spirit is described as our helper. He is our comforter. He will guide our lives. And God was going to make sure that Mary was going to be well looked after by the Holy Spirit. And thirdly and finally on that, Mary, I trust you will agree, must have been overwhelmed by how marvelous it was. The thing that the angel was saying to her. I looked up that word marvelous and it means incredible, unbelievable. How grand a thing it must have seemed. How wonderful what the angel was saying. It's actually too good to be true. How on earth can this be true? You see, the angel was really making a fantastic statement. And this is the statement. The angel said, you are going to have a baby that will be born holy. When Adam and Eve sinned, they brought sin into the world. Everyone born after that from Adam and Eve were born with sin in their nature. But here the angel is actually saying to Mary, your child is going to be sinless because he is going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And because he is born sinless, he is the only one that can bring salvation to mankind. This is what it says in Romans 5 and some verses there. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. That's why the angel said, You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I want to shout this loud and clear. Jesus came to earth to save us because we can't save ourselves from sin and its consequences. No matter how good we are, we can't eliminate the sinful nature present in all of us. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus didn't come to help people save themselves. He came to be their saviour from the power and penalty of sin. 
Third point. Third point. Encouragement. You know, God understands that we need encouragement to trust him. And God loves to encourage us to trust him. And I believe right now the Holy Spirit is encouraging you to trust him. And this is what happened with Mary. It wasn't easy to trust what the angel was saying. She went to visit a relative, Elizabeth. Let's read what happened. The angel said this. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. This is Gabriel talking to Mary. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. So God again is using Gabriel to encourage Mary. You see, Elizabeth and her husband could not have children. She was barren. And the Bible tells us that both of them were far too old to have children. But in God's plan, they were to have a child, John the Baptist. And that had already happened. And so the angel says to Mary, be encouraged, Mary. Because your relative, who everybody knows cannot have children, is already pregnant. Is already pregnant. Three ways God encourages us today. The testimony of others. The testimony of others. That's what happened here. Look around. What are people telling you about how Jesus has changed their life. What change are you seeing in others? And you are thinking, they've got something I've not got. It's Jesus. Second thing is God uses the word, his word, his truth, to encourage us, to trust him. There is a lovely verse, I'm sure most of us know it or have heard of it. In Psalm 119, it says this, Your word... God's word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I see that very simply, that God is saying to us, look, sometimes you're not sure of the way ahead. You're not sure whether to trust this path. But his word comes to shine a little bit of light in front of your step. And God is saying, I'm encouraging you through my word to come this way. Take this step and then another step and then another step. So God can encourage you simply by hearing his truth, even this morning. And thirdly and lastly, God uses the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to encourage us to trust him. What I mean by this, the Holy Spirit comes and speaks inside here. He will prompt us. He will give us a witness. He will give us a sense of, this feels right. This sounds like the truth. 
this sounds like I ought to believe. I ought to trust. And the Holy Spirit will prompt us to believe that. And last point is this. Acceptance. Acceptance. One thing to be encouraged to trust. But the real matter is, do we trust? Are we going to trust? For Mary, this is what happened. In Luke 1 verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said, Gabriel, come true. And as soon as she said that, notice what the Bible says. And then the angel left. That's the point at which God and the angel wanted Mary to come to. To be willing to trust. To be willing to trust. You know, in the Bible... God's announcement of the birth of a special child was met with various responses. In Genesis 18, Sarah, Abraham's wife, they couldn't have children. When God, through an angel, spoke to Abraham and said, Your wife, Sarah, is going to have a child. Sarah, the Bible says, overheard. And she laughed in disbelief. You read what the Bible says. Sarah in her heart and in her mind silently said, What? Us two old fogies. How are we going to conceive a child? Secondly, in Luke 1 verse 18, Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah again were told by God that they were going to have a child, and yet they couldn't have a child. They were far too old. And Elizabeth was barren. Zechariah, when the angel came to him and said, your wife is going to have a baby, it says, Zechariah doubted. He doubted. So someone laughed, someone doubted. Zechariah said this to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. I like that. I like that. As we get older, Christian and myself, I'm going to use that term. Well, darling, you are now well along in years. I will dare not say you're old. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand at the very, in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. And now since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly come true at the proper time. But Mary said, I am willing to accept. She didn't laugh. She didn't doubt. She said, I'm willing to trust. I'm willing to trust. She believed the angel's words and agreed to bear the child, even under 
humanly impossible circumstances, God is able to do the impossible. I want to say this morning as I come towards a close, likewise, our response today to what God says about his son Jesus and asks of us should not be laughter or doubt, but a willing acceptance through trust in his word and promise. It says of Mary in Luke 1.45, you are blessed. This is what Elizabeth said to Mary. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. There's a universal blessing when any one of us are willing to trust in Jesus. It says this in Jeremiah 17.7. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. As we close this little message this morning, I just want to speak to you if you have... Never put your trust in Jesus as your saviour to receive forgiveness of sin, to be washed and to to be cleansed from that sin. I want to say this, God is wanting to speak to you. Jesus said this, listen, I am standing and knocking at your door. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will eat together think about giving your heart and life to Jesus today in full trust he will wash and cleanse you and finally if you're a Christian and maybe your faith has become weak I don't know what you're going through I don't know what's caused it to become weak let me remind you of what it says in Proverbs 3 verse 5 this is to us who know him trust in the Lord with all your heart don't depend on your own understanding trust him every day with everything you've got and in conclusion I want to declare this God is trustworthy he is someone you can place your trust in It says in Psalm 33 verse 4, The Lord is truthful. He can be trusted. Today, this day of celebration, it's a matter of trust. Are you going to trust? Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.